Game Cola faithful, and welcome to the Game Cola podcast. This is podcast number 146. We're out here living in the sticks, and I am your host and podcast commander, Joseph Martin, joined by... Uh, Anna Bernarski, a resident uh, beauty guru and also a professional cat annoyer. Uh, John Rizzi, a professional unemployed man. That's it. Oh. You're really good at it. Are you, you're, I mean, there's no one in the trade as good as not, at not being employed as you. I'm just following, I'm just yes-ending your bit, John. <laughs> you didn't give me a whole lot to work with. I'm doing my best. I, I don't have as much to work with in, at all, ever, and so <laughs> might as well make a joke about that. <laughs> well, John, it sounds like you might need to make a lot of money really quickly, and boy, do I have a story nice. about you might be able to do that. That was actually a very good one. <laughs> wow, you're on a segue roll. In game cola history. <laughs> so, if you have somehow not noticed the news that of GameStop and the stock market, prepare for a brief summary of everything that you need to know, or at least can know from me, Joseph Martin, a person who knows nothing about economics. I took one economics class in high school that only lasted one semester. Hey, but I'm going to do my best to explain what happened. So, the year is... I think late 2019 or maybe early 2020, there's a global pandemic. Well, it's it's early 2020 when the global pandemic Wait, what? Happens. Nobody told me. And <laughs> Wait. brick and mortar businesses are not expected to do so hot. Particularly movie theaters are uh, in consideration of this. GameStop is among them beyond being a brick and mortar shop. Um, it's also had some general financial troubles, which we have talked a bit about on the podcast. So they're these big old business companies, business companies, the best kind of companies, the business ones, um, <laughs> <laughs> which decided to do a thing called shorting the stocks. A stock is, think of it as something related to investing in the success of the company. When you short a stock, you are saying, I expect the value of this company's stock to decrease so i'm going to buy a stock sell it to someone and tell them that i am going to buy it back after a certain point and pay interest on it in the meantime the idea being that when you buy it back it costs less money therefore you make money because you sold it for more than you bought it so they did yes. this because they expected gamestop not to do very well and other companies too but we're focusing on gamestop because video games and it's because it's been the one that's been most in the news um after that uh, later in the year, I think, don't take me, you know, do your, if you're really interested, you should do your own research on the literal timeline. I, this is my best guess from what I can remember. Um, late last year, um, certain things started looking more favorable for GameStop, not necessarily saving the company, but, um, some people from an e-commerce, uh, background, they did, uh, e-commerce dog food. Uh, came in, started mm -hmm. investing in GameStop to the point that they ended up on the board of directors. And so there's this idea that, okay, GameStop is going to try to take an e-commerce approach to its business model. This is not necessarily, again, going to save the company, but it does make prospects look a little bit better. So stock price goes up. This is not very good for the hedge funds that have shorted the stock for games. I keep wanting to call it Game Stock. Game Stop. So they think, how can we drive the price down? One of the things that you can do is you 
short the stock even more. People on the, I think the way that it works is people in the market see that you are really expecting this business to fail and you're shorting the stock. So then they also short the stock, or I don't know exactly, but by some mechanism at least, continuing to short the stock drives the price down. Yes. People notice this has happened. I think at first, probably people who are actually emotionally in some regard invested in the success of GameStop. Um, ever since I think Reggie ended up, uh, working with GameStop, Reggie, um, from previously the head of Nintendo of America and sort of the face of it. Um, oh, hell, Reggie. Beginning to work with GameStop. There's been this sort of turnaround, like maybe GameStop will have a villain to hero moment because GameStop has kind of generally been unpopular. So there's some people who are probably invested in maybe GameStop will have this heel face turn or whatever you call it. I don't know if that maybe that's backwards with wrestling terminology. Go from bad to good. So they noticed this. A, they're not happy that the hedge fund people are essentially trying to make GameStop fail just because it'll earn them money. B, they realize that in the process of shorting stock, they have shorted more stock than exists. I think the number that I see thrown around is 120%. Maybe at one point it was 140%. Mm-hmm. Stock over overshorted or whatever. Feel free to jump in on if I'm saying anything completely wrong. I'm, no, I have um, no idea. I, I know the vaguest <laughs> sense of what's going on. So Same. people realize, hey, if we buy this stock, they need to buy it back to complete their short. But if we have it and refuse to give it to them, then that will drive demand for the stock that we have and we are refusing to give to them up and it'll get a higher and higher and higher because they need this. They can't go get the stock from someone else because it is over. They need all of it essentially because mm-hmm. they've overshorted this. And so whether it is because they want to see GameStop succeed, because they want to make a lot of money on this short squeeze, as it is apparently called, or because they just, people just don't like people who use hedge funds to short companies. A lot of people on the internet, you'll hear the community Wall Street Bets on Reddit a lot yeah. pop up there, but not exclusively them, decided to buy a bunch of GameStop stock. And also, it is, I think, later extended to places like AMC and other businesses that were getting similar treatment, is my understanding. Again, I mostly know about the GameStop narrative. You're right. And so now GameStop's stock price has skyrocketed to, I could say numbers, they wouldn't mean anything. If you knew what the numbers meant you probably already know enough about this story that you don't need me to tell you it's crazy high numbers this is not the only time that this has happened it has happened with other hedge funds and companies though usually it is like wall street versus wall street this is an interesting time where it is wall street versus retail investors so that's this whole thing has sort of spiraled into a bit of a mess and now you've got things like the fact that these hedge funds are trying to trick people into thinking that the price is going to go down so that they'll sell it so that then those the the hedge funds can buy it more recently we've seen places like uh Robinhood and other uh brokers which are platforms that allow you to make uh stock market trades purchases and all of that not allowing people at the retail investor level to make purchases you can sell your GameStop 
you can sell your GameStop stock, but you cannot <laughs> buy any. Say that five times fast. Unless you're a hedge fund, then you can buy stuff. Mm-hmm. And that particular instance has now attracted the decent attention of the American federal government, <laughs> including letters to Congress that I have seen uh, contacting the Attorney General to investigate Robinhood, because it turns out Robinhood in particular is associated with the hedge funds that are losing billions of dollars in this whole debacle. Ironically. And it's kind of a mess. And that's like today, I'm just going to say, I don't usually say it, but I think it's relevant because of how developing this story is. This is Thursday, January 28th. So much could change by Monday. Yeah, for real. So, like, this could... The the history up to this point, I think, is decently accurate. Again, if you're really interested in the nitty-gritty of it, you should you should really look into it for yourself. But it's, it is an interesting intersection. GameStop almost feels incidental in this story. <laughs> and yet it say. is like the headline, right? Is GameStop. I feel like even though there are other companies involved. I feel like out of all this commotion, what's gonna end up happening is that some random Joe Schmo is gonna end up owning all of GameStop's shares and then they're gonna turn it into the uh modern and retro game store it always should have been. <laughs> well it's also like it's not like GameStop it's not like retail investors are the only people who own GameStop oh, stock, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. And it's like there's there's the narrative of like retail investors versus Wall Street. There's plenty of people in Wall Street who have money in GameStop too that are also benefiting from all oh, of yeah. this. Even the uh, like, board that Reggie is a part of, it's like you have to own a good portion of uh, stock in the company to be on that board. Like, I'm talking right. about a huge like, portion. It's just also – would also be dumb for them to sell their stock at this point when the price is basically determined by how desperate the hedge fund gets. Mm-hmm. So, like, the the narrative that is kind of being spun is, like, an interesting one, but it's it, – like a lot of things, it's more complicated than maybe what you see on the tin. So that's just sort of the general vibe of where we're at right now. Again, interesting that GameStop's the one that's wrapped up in all of this because, like, I feel like – People didn't really like GameStop in general before, but the idea of this change in perception of what GameStop represents is interesting to me. Yeah, this whole situation is very interesting, and but to be honest, it got a lot of people, like including myself, like interested in the stock market and actually, um, and actually like made an account on like a bu- a bunch of stuff and I actually bought, actually tried to buy some myself just to. Just to A, be a part of this, and, and B, maybe make a little something on the side. But uh, yeah, it's been very interesting just watching this whole thing throughout. And obviously, and but you had your order canceled by Robinhood too, right? Yes. Like that yeah, I actually did. happened to yeah, you. Yeah, it actually happened. Like this morning, they said your your uh, order for GameStop and AMC have, have been canceled. I was like, oh, um, and then I put, but I only put like ten dollars in, so it was inconsequential anyway. <laughs> but uh, and yeah, so I just put, I just put that in a bigger company that was still on the rise. But uh, yeah, no, it's been very in- interesting, and I just want to, and I'm curious to see where this will go, and I wonder like when they'll actually open it back up if they will, because um, I think I was just on Robinhood a couple hours ago, and they said they, um, GameStop and AMC will open back up for for public. Uh, buying tomorrow morning they're facing a lot of backlash yeah and it's it's As it's again it's be. a mess and even then it'll only yeah. be like limited uh limited buys 
yeah, like it's it's a mess, and like I I think in general, probably from our audience and us included, we're not. I would not imagine any of us to be big fans of the success of Wall Street hedge funds that short companies to try to make them go out of business. Again, it's also like way over my head. I get the general sense that like, yes, this is good, roughly, but I don't really know what's going on. Like, I know the things that have happened, but I don't necessarily know what they mean. I think it is important, you know, to be careful when meme stock stuff happens because it usually does not break good for the meme-er people. <laughs> um, maybe neutral at best. This happened to be a case where a big hedge fund company, or maybe several, uh, made some really stupid decisions, or at least risky. It seemed, maybe it seems stupid in retrospect because of how it turns out, but it was definitely at least risky. And people were able to take advantage of that. But I think a lot of the time, especially because the whole point of the stock market is to be speculative, you will hear that. It's you expect something to happen, and so you make a decision based on what you expect to happen. Meming stock can kind of make that get out of control a bit. Um, I, I've definitely seen some places trying to be like, hey, let's do the same thing with this. And it's like, uh, you can't just you can't just decide to meme a stock and then it's good. Like, that's not really how it works. Right. There's yeah. a difference between capitalizing on a mistake that someone made and I want my cryptocurrency to be more expensive. So we're also going to try to meme it again. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe that would work. I'm not going to offer financial advice either way, but it doesn't seem like it's based in the same sort of success that this particular story is able to take advantage of. And Macy, you know, some new rules will probably be put in place yeah. because of this event. Now, who those new rules will benefit will depend a lot on who's making the rules and what people stand to lose and public perception. So mm. there's a lot of different things. I have no idea which way it'll go in any case, but I, it seems big enough that someone's going to do something at least as a symbol, if nothing else. Either way, um, would you like to join me in buying out Blockbuster? <laughs> <laughs> that has definitely been the other one. I thought Blockbuster already like went out of business like entirely. There is still one. I know, in but Oregon. that's not that's not real Blockbuster. Yeah, that is no. the one um, case think... that is there. They just got to keep the name. Yeah, I think the name it's, itself still exists as a domain and it still exists as a website. I think they do on-demand services now, but it's not popular in the slightest. Oh. Did anybody buy slash rent video games from Blockbuster? Oh, absolutely. I did not. Okay. Well, I was... I did a little bit. It was a time before I had a console or anything. I had, like, my Game Boy and that's it. Oh, Blockbuster is currently partnered into... with uh, Dish Network, and they're, they're the primary, they're the primary uh, service for Dish Network's on-demand service. Huh. Interesting. I thought I heard something about Dish not being great either, so like... <laughs> <laughs> it's a match so, made uh... in heaven. <laughs> well, that's enough market speculation, I think, for one Game Cola podcast. Perhaps several. I don't know. In a month, we'll probably be on something completely different, so I don't know if we'll really ever follow up on this unless there's particular viewer demand for it, but uh, that's that. 
Um, let's talk about something that maybe we can actually speak to a little bit more effectively. Anna, you can now put Animal Crossing on your face. Is that correct? Yes. Gotcha. Okay, so uh, ColourPop, uh, a makeup company that is pretty popular for its licensed uh, collections like Disney and uh, Sailor Moon, as well as collaborations with beauty uh, YouTubers, um, as well as their own... Uh, YouTubers. Yes. <laughs> um as well as their own monochrome palettes, um, has come out today with uh, a New Horizons uh, collection, including uh, four mini palettes, uh, three lip tints, uh, like kits or sets, I don't know, and some blush and some other shadows and glitter gel. Sorry, I'm reading this off of their website. Uh, and pretty much all of it sold out within half an hour, hmm. which I'm not surprised. But at the same time, I'm slightly surprised that everything is gone so soon. But something I was pretty interested in was them actually doing a collection with Animal Crossing. I just didn't think they were going to do that. But I'm, I honestly very much like ColourPop. I have a lot of their uh, eyeshadow palettes and uh, I'm pretty happy that if anyone was going to do it, it's them. I'm just surprised that it happened coming up a little less than two months away from the one year anniversary and not maybe closer to the one year anniversary or closer to the release, which was, again, almost a year ago. Everything looks really cute. It's all based off of characters or fruit. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I feel like there are more things that could be fruit like maybe just and to, now we're going to do a pac-man line there's apple and cherry and key key makeup yeah the uh palettes are based off of the nooks isabel the sable sisters and blathers and celeste uh the fruits are the lip tints the blushes are based off of flowers and um the glitter and super shock shadow is, I believe, based off of uh, the bells. Hmm. So there's like a tie-in to all of it, and I think it worked out pretty okay. Everything's really so. Pretty. Like, is it the the general vibe? Is it like pastels then? Uh, like yeah, it's the eyeshadows pretty like pastelly. There are some darker colors in there. I was mostly interested in like the lip tints. Uh, there are, like, two palettes that are currently uh, available that have not been completely sold out. Everything else just says email, uh, like, email me to notify me when everything else is back in stock. And I'm just... ColourPop has a thing where they always tend to run out of exclusives very, very quickly. And this is no different. I'm just surprised and not surprised at the same time that it happened within half an hour. Mm. But uh, yeah, so I don't have any of it. I'm very sad. I want some lip lipstick or lip tint, whatever. Uh, hashtag beauty guru. Uh, but um, <laughs> it's very cute. I just wanted to talk about it because I thought it was interesting that I don't see makeup tie-ins with video games very often. 
that was going to be my question. Had they done a video game tie-in before? No, it's mostly like Disney or Sailor Moon. Those are the two big ones. I don't know if they've done one. I'm going to look that up. I'm going to look that up, actually. Not for that company, but just video game. Yeah, no, please do, because I'd like to know, because I... I'm sure there's a lot in Japan. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, America. In America, I haven't seen very many at all, because it's just, it's really cool. I like it. Uh, I would love to see some Sims makeup. Just kidding. <laughs> would rather not. <laughs> that I think that would just be makeup. It right? would like... just be makeup, but there is some Mac cosmetics makeup styles in the Sims for. Like, is the makeup sort of set up so that you can like make your face look like an animal face? There are like... some. Like, what are you, you talking? Are you talking about Sims or are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm talking about the. I'm talking about ColourPop. Oh, like, no. When you say they're themed around these animal characters, is it no, just it's like some of the similar colors. Yeah, it's just like so. The Nook and Nooklings one is like a green color. The Isabel one is like some yellows, browns, and golds. Blathers and Celeste are yellows and pinks, and then the Able Sisters are like purple. Okay. Yeah, I'm just finding. I'm just finding a lot of generic video game themed ones, but no like direct tie-ins. Ex- yeah, that's what I'm. I don't think I there are very many. If eight any, bit in makeup. Um, espionage cosmetics is a big one that is very like nerd centric makeup. Uh, but they don't have any direct tie-ins. Yeah, or yeah, no direct tie-ins or endorsements. Yeah, um, I did find a Eurogamer article. Um, video games, games with awful product tie-ins. The first one listed is Assassin's Creed shaving cream. <laughs> 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 I'm like, yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> All right. Oh my but, god. Uh, yeah, ColourPop, you are officially better than Assassin's Creed shaving cream. You did it, ColourPop. Way you to go. You did it. Good I, job. Again, I do like ColourPop, so I'm pretty happy with this. Um, and pretty happy <laughs> with the that... fact that it's better than shaving cream. Yeah, and also uh, happy that it made such a good impression on people because I know. I mean, it, it it was announced a few mm. weeks ago, and I know everyone's been very excited about it from mm. all the Facebook comments. We have a Halo 4 pizza from Pizza Hut. <laughs> um, going away from that, I do think <laughs> that it does speak to, they'll probably, like, aside from restocking this, it could lead to additional tie-ins. I don't know, Anna, is there another video game property aside from The Sims, which you very vehemently argued for already, but... <laughs> Um, is there another video game tie-in that you would want to see come from ColourPop? I feel like they could do plenty of colors from, like, and not, and and that's kind of what this is, is just, like, kind of taking a color palette from a character and just kind of going, all right, what can we do to fill out four, like, four pans of color? And um, I feel like they could do plenty of stuff with other Nintendo properties, like Legend of Zelda, Mario, Pikmin... I don't know. I don't know if it'd be, like, anything big. I think maybe they could get away with some eyeshadow palettes, which is something that they're very well known for already, which is the, just the eyeshadow palettes. I can think of it now, but I don't, I can't think of very many off the top of Mm. my head. Yeah, I just, I think if they've already got this going on with Nintendo, maybe they could try it with other Nintendo games. That'd be cool. Yeah, I mean, Animal Crossing is sort of the one that is the most up there though really yeah exactly like i think they could get away with something like pokemon related that that would be my other guess but there's just 
there's so much different Pokemon stuff. I feel like it might be kind of hard to narrow it down to uh, like which what aspects are we going to cover out of all of this? Pikachu, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's basically how it goes. That would Pikachu would be pretty easy. Like yellow, yellow blush. I get or no, I don't know. Red. You have red cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> yellow something if you need a dark color there's That's brown a terrible idea <laughs> i i could i could make makeup what you got yellow brown and red that's the makeup now <laughs> i did it um i would like you to Thumbs submit up. your uh your resume <laughs> to any makeup company right now see how that works guys <laughs> i got the perfect makeup i have for an idea ya. yellow brown red <laughs> sells itself it's wonderful what uh what 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 part is what color no, no just yellow yes. you got a yellow one you have a brown one and a red one and then you just put it wherever they want you know free freedom of artistic expression it's like the like crappy kid makeup or like the makeup like the stage makeup crayon stuff <laughs> That's all you give to people. Ugh. It smells so weird and chalk-like. <laughs> Makeup, am I right? Anyway. Can I pitch a Donkey Kong hairdryer? Yes. <laughs> Makeup Shark Tank. I'm here before you today with the makeup idea of the century. <laughs> I have before me a box of 64 Crayola. <laughs> I'm going to close my eyes and grab three individual crayons. <laughs> Maybe four if we're feeling frisky. And from that, we develop a line of makeup. Basically. And you say, well, what do we do when people have bought all of that makeup from that particular line? Well, I still have 60 Crayola crayons left. And in fact, I could reintroduce the original four and go back to 64. It is limitless makeup ideas. I'm taking investments now. All right. I'm looking up Crayola makeup. It already exists. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> oh no. Someone beat me to it. <laughs> uh so anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh it, in our Discord chat, uh John has just said Nintendo brings back F Zero in makeup form. <laughs> and that's, that's the, the only way to resurrect the series. <laughs> only way. Now John I have a short question, which is, why did you write that down in a way that viewers cannot engage with instead of saying it out loud with your mouth on the podcast? Because I feel like I I didn't want to talk over anyone because your jokes were funny, too. (laughs) (laughs) We need a we need a button that's like it puts up like a yellow light that says idea. You're done. I have a joke. (laughs) I have a joke once you're done. So just make some space, and then I'll tell my joke. We need a button like that. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll talk to James and see if Discord has some sort of bot that does that. Give me a second. I need to make a joke. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else that I can say about this other than I'm excited to maybe get some of the lip tints eventually. I'm not too interested in the palettes because I already uh, wasted a lot of money on a sale that they kept emailing me about. So... maybe not uh any more eyeshadow because i have a lot (laughs) well this is a video game podcast and you know what we haven't really talked a whole lot about so far movies well yes that is correct (laughs) but Uh, i was thinking thinking about the word like to play uh 
play sorry would you like to talk about video games i would like to talk a little bit about video is games. there a video a game reason... in, in like particular that you want to talk about well there's a reason perhaps that i am bringing this up roughly half an hour into the <laughs> podcast and it is that because potentially i have a lot of things to say because depending on how you look at it i have played uh in the past month and a week roughly 10 video games all the way through that was a lot of video games that's like when i started in this pandemic now there's a relationship between these 10 video games that you wow. might be able to discern particularly if you listen to the previous podcast of the gcpc or if you know because Joe I, as a person <laughs> you know who i am as a person because i purchased around the holidays both the first Mega Man X Legacy Collection, uh? which contains Mega Man X 1 through 4, and the Mega Man Zero ZX Collection, which contains Zero 1 through 4, along with ZX and ZX Advent. I thought you were about to say it includes Zero games. <laughs> it does include Zero games, but does not include Zero games. Got it. So... <laughs> I've played, and I, I did a little bit of this before the previous podcast, because I think I talked about some Mega Man X in that, but from when I started playing through those, I have played approximately 90 hours of Mega Man. That's a good amount. According to my Switch. Oof, that's a good amount. That's a... Mm -hmm. that's a 45 of, hours on a lot of Mega, Mega Man. Man X Legacy Collection and 55 hours on Mega Man Zero and ZX collection. Now, Mega Man Zero ZX also has six games, and the last two are also long, um, which is part of the, the imbalance there. Also, I, I did I did replay Mega Man X once, because <laughs> <laughs> it's good. It's the best one. Out of all the ones that I played, Mega Man X, they got it right on that. And I, it's weird that a lot of the things that they did right in Mega Man X, they just never did again. Never did again. It's weird. Hmm. I don't understand it. Like, okay, Mega Man, basic Mega Man. There's eight stages. You can go to them in any order. Wahoo! If it's a good Mega Man game, it'll give you at least something like that. Mega Man X, they're like, hey, what if instead of just getting a weapon from a boss that you can use in the stage and that changes the gameplay every time if you do the stages in a different order, if you beat a certain stage before a different stage, it will affect the environment of that other stage. So like the Lava Factory, if you beat the Ice stage before the Lava Factory, the Lava Factory's floor turns into ice instead of lava and it's easier. You know what game they? I just remember they also did this in vaguely? What? Mega Man 7. Mega Man 7 does the order change um the weapons you, you can change the weather four, they give you four uh four at first and then another four show right. up but mm -hmm. i know i was i was playing through it with the guide earlier i only got through half of it i still need to go back but i that guy told me it's like oh you should go to this stage first so that way when you go to the next stage you can use that power to affect the state to affect the stage's environment right. And, right. and i was like jeez jesus that's cool why haven't, haven't yeah it is cool <laughs> I haven't, beat Mega be Man, nice. I haven't beat Mega Man X. <laughs> it would be it. nice. It's done, I will tell you, John, not to spoil it too much for you. It is done better in Mega Man X. I bet. <laughs> in fact, bet. they <laughs> probably got it from the success of Mega Man X because, hold on, I have, you, you're not going to believe this, I'm sure. I have a spreadsheet. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> 
I, I make my own. I, I make my Mega own Man stuff. spreadsheet. Where is my Mega Man spreadsheet? I feel like this is the most. This is the most Joe that has ever been. <laughs> Yo, you haven't even seen this spreadsheet. No, I haven't. It is a spreadsheet to end all of the spreadsheets that I have ever shown you. Hold on, I'm going to link this to you. Uh-oh. Okay. I'm not going to let you change it. It's coming into the Discord. Why everybody. not? Do you not trust me? No, this is important information. Oh man, you cannot I was going to replace all your Mega Man info with Kingdom Hearts info. I was just going to write butts in the corner. I want you to describe what you see in this spreadsheet. Okay. Um. The first thing I noticed when I clicked on it was in the dead center of the screen. It just says pinball. <laughs> <laughs> Panic Shock Rockman from 1992. A, oh, a, a pinball graph. game. I have a similar list, but I don't have it a spreadsheet. I have a similar list with Zelda games. Hey listeners, um, there's a, there's a bar graph. There's a graph on this Google Excel sheet. Yeah. Uh, along with so many games. That one's not labeled. <laughs> no, it's not. And I'm very that's, upset um, about that's this. That's a games that came out in the in different years, but it's kind of weird because like, what do you count as a new release, right? Do you count a mobile <laughs> port of Mega Man One as a new release? I I, I so that I didn't do much with that because wasn't that interesting i like Um, all the ones that say impossible but from this chart i can tell you that let's see mega man 7 uh came out actually after both mega man x1 and 2 oh wow oh man so that came out oh that's oh boy that's the year i was born (laughs) mega man 7 was the year you were born yeah i was born in the year of mega man 7 I was born in the... It had a number, but no one else thought about anything else aside from the fact that Mega Man 7 was released. Jesus Which is weird, because Mega Man X3 was also released in the same year. Damn, I'm young. I was born in the year of Mega Man Battle and Chase, Mega Man Legends, and Mega Man X4. (laughs) I was born in Mega Man 8. I was born in Mega Man 8. Uh, Yeah. God, I'm the oldest Um, person here. (laughs) That means nothing. Yeah, it's weird that Mega Man 7... Mega Man 7 does a lot from Mega Man X specifically, not even Mega Man X2. I think... T- I I'm, I would be willing to bet that two different teams worked on those games, right? Yeah, so the a, people who were working on Mega Man 7 did not have Mega Man X2 to like look at yet, because they were probably in production at around the same time. Um, Mega Man 7 has a lot of stuff from Mega Man X... I actually have way back early, either early or even before Game Cole, I have two videos specifically that I made about Mega Man 7. Both the intro stage and the 4 to 4 boss selection rather than the 8 mm-hmm. uh, boss selection, which is superior. The latter is superior. Oh, absolutely. It's kind of a mess. But do you want to know my crack theory now that I have this spreadsheet? I have gained information from constructing this spreadsheet. Because do you want to know the secret of Mega Man 7 being kind of weird? Nah, let's just end the podcast here. (laughs) Mega Man 7 was made by the... In collaboration with the people who made the Game Boy games. Minakuchi Engineering developed the Game Boy games that were then published by Capcom. 
Then they went on to make The Wily Wars, which is the Sega Genesis port of, of Sega Channel port, technically. Mega Man 1, 2, and 3. Well, it, in America, yeah. <laughs> it was the Sega Channel. In all other regions, they just got the video game. Um, I just recently watched the Gaming Historian video about it. <laughs> um, I gotta watch more of that guy. So I, I think that might be why they ended up doing the 4 and the 4, because in the Game Boy games specifically... It's always four um, mm-hmm. levels, which in that case it makes sense because like it's game there's hardware yeah. limitations, um, and 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 they even like did cool stuff with that, like with the Game Boy Mega Man games. Um, instead of just taking four, like you know, this is Mega Man Two on Game Boy, but it's not just Mega Man Two bosses. It's two Mega Man Two bosses and two Mega Man Three bosses, and that that carries over. Well, actually, Minikuchi Engineering didn't do Mega Man 2 on Game Boy, but, like, that general <laughs> principle is, like, how they approached it. And the levels are different, too. They're not just, like, weirdly scrunched in Game Boy versions of the levels. They're, like, completely different levels. Um, unlike Mega Man on the Game Gear, which is just, to my understanding, is just a selection of ported levels that don't work because the Game Gear screen is tiny. And a different aspect ratio. <laughs> I've not played it, but that is my understanding. But yeah, I now have a lot of developed opinions about the Mega Man franchise as a whole, including, were you, I don't remember, were you both on the last podcast? I feel like you were. I believe so. I was. Do you remember me talking about lives? I believe so. Live systems yes. and games? Mm-hmm. One of the things I mentioned was that it was silly that when you complete a level if you still have zero lives, when you start the next level, you also have zero lives, which is dumb, right? Because then all you do is you you die quickly so that you don't end up getting to a checkpoint with zero lives and getting a game over. Mm-hmm. Yes. It is interesting that retro sort of, I mean, obviously in my experience, it feels like they responded to me. Obviously, they made these games in the mid-2000s, but the ZX and ZX Advent games do this. They are structured more like a, I hesitate to say Metroidvania, it's more like Metroid Fusion, which is like, even then is like a very linear approach to Metroidvania. You can go to the levels in any order, but like, there's still a lot of structure and each of the levels is sort of like its own thing. There's not a whole lot of interconnectedness. In fact, the latter one, Advent, is less interconnected, but also a better video game. But whenever you get to a save point where you can teleport to the other places, it refills your health, and if your lives are below two, it brings it back up to two, which I thought was cool. It was very good in ZX Advent. Unfortunately, ZX I did not enjoy very much. (laughs) Um, Also, the Zero series, right? I'm just saying things about Mega Man. I've been wanting to say things about Mega Man for so long. (laughs) I played so much Mega Man, you guys, and I had no one to talk to about it. Eventually, Joe, Joe himself will become a Mega Man. Feel feel free to jump. Well, I am technically a robot master because I got my master's degree and I studied robotics. Ayo. So, <laughs> so Mega Man Zero, the first game, not just the series, but the first game. Okay, when you get a game over in a game, what what usually do you think would happen for that level? This is not like a trick. Well, it's not a trick question. What do you have to do for that level? Uh, go back to the beginning. You usually have to restart it. What if I told you that instead the level disappeared forever? What? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. You can't Wait play a minute. It. This is from Mega so, Man and the Fire Emblem. <laughs> what you need to do 
is restart your save. And it's built in like that. But it's weird because if you do that, you lose all the experience points from the weapons because your weapons have experience points now. But if you get a game over, you have to restart your save. And so you don't get those experience points anymore. You don't get to keep any of the energy, the, the currency that you collect over the course of the level. And if you lose any lives while you're playing, they don't get restocked. So you basically, through the course of the whole game, you can only die and not restart from a save file a couple of times. So basically, you don't even get, like, mid-stage checkpoints. Because if you use a retry, that's one of your retries that you get from the whole game. Oh my god. And at the, they d- made that decision at the same time that they put in all of these progressive mechanics that you lose the progress on if you restart from a save file. And it's baffling to me why they did this. That is I mean, to a certain weird. extent, I can understand how it happened because this was the first game made by the studio, developed by the studio, Inti Creates, which similar to the Mega Man Game Boy games is a different studio developing the game for Capcom. Inti Creates um, basically developed the Mega Man Zero series and the Mega Man ZX series. They're ex-Capcom employees, but to me it very much felt like they're definitely people who had made Mega Man games before, but didn't necessarily understand, like, why they were good. Like, here's the boss refights, but also there's so much stuff in between the boss refights. Hmm. I don't know. It, it, it's, it's harder for me to explain. Um, and, in, like, in other games, there's, like, one thing where the boss re- you go to a boss refight, but it's actually a different boss. And it's like, well, then what's the point of it being a boss refight? The whole point is that this gauntlet is easier because you've already beaten all these bosses before. But if it's a different boss, then what's the point of making it a refight? Hmm. Anyway, um, the other wild thing that the first Mega Man Zero game does... Okay, so in Mega Man X and some of the other Mega Man games too, you can collect secret power-ups throughout the game. You know, in certain areas, right? You can get... Uh, like, most basically in the original series, you've got the E-Tanks, which you can collect and stock up, and that will refill your health whenever you want. Um, in Mega Man 7, you've got the Rush Letters, which can give you your super-powered Rush suit. Um, and in Mega Man X, you have Heart Containers. I don't think they're called that, but they're basically Heart Containers <laughs> that raise your health. You've got Sub-Tanks, which you can also use to refill your health, and they refill. And you've got, like, the, the armor upgrades that give you cool powers, like being able to dash or bash your head against a wall and make blocks explode or take half damage. Mm-hmm. Mega Man Zero has power-ups like these, but um, they are conceptualized as sentient pieces of computer code energy, and if you use them, they die. Oh! Oh. Uh-oh. All right. So imagine the already present fear of missing out issue of consumable power-ups, right? You, you've played the game, and you're like, I don't know if I should use this, because what if I need it in another situation? Or what if I should spend the money that I need to spend to make this usable on something else? Now imagine that also the game says, by the way, if you use any of these, you're committing murder. <laughs> you're not going to use the power-ups. Even if they're useful, you're not going to feel encouraged at all, because using the power-ups feels terrible, right? Hmm. <laughs> do you guys understand 
my abject horror at this game design decision. <laughs> what? I need some affirmation here. Uh, just guys. I don't I'm just I'm trying to let that sink in. <laughs> yeah. Now I will say it takes them a couple of games, but they do figure out that this was a bad idea. Okay. And in later games, they come up with situations where it's like, okay, here you go. There are some consumable ones that you murder sometimes, if you, but you shouldn't do that. Here, use these ones that just sort of hover around you and they don't get used up. They do that first in Mega Man Zero 3 and it is the best one. Okay. Um, so they do figure it out. But like, they, but like stuff like that, it takes them basically until Zero 3 to figure it out. And Zero Four also has some ideas, but they also walk back some interesting ideas from Zero Three, just to effect it to be different. Zero Three is sort of like where all of these weird ideas come together into something good. Um, and there's good parts in the Zero games too. Like the music is really good. The music is really cool. And like the conceptual idea of the narrative that they try to create through the Zero series is interesting. Especially in, again in Zero Three, they actually have some moments where it's like, hey, this is not just like a decently interesting video game plot like but like the fact that it is a video game itself is carrying weight in the plot there is a climactic moment at the end that like works better because it is a video game so like they do make it work sometimes but like a lot of the rest of the zero series is kind of a mess and it also kind of feels like that as i went through Mega Man x2 and x3 where there were these great ideas in Mega Man x and there's these great ideas in the whole canon of Mega Man before this and they just forgot them. Mm. And they go back to square one on things that they shouldn't need to go back to square one on. And it is frustrating in that sense. I would say that all the Mega Man X games I played were good. Um, it was a, Certain situations were a little frustrating. But Mega Man Zero, I don't know if I would even... It's rough. I think it could be a lot of fun once you know how to play the game if you played it a couple times. But otherwise it was rough. The other ones fix it better. And then ZX is just... Like, if you've, if you've played, like, a game where there's a lot, like, a 2D open world, quote-unquote, where you can, like, navigate through levels and they kind of connect to each other, but there's not really a lot of attention paid to, like, making traversing the world interesting and fun. Like, there's side qu there's literally a side quest where you just walk through the same, back and forth through the same three level sections over and over again. Like five times. No thanks. Doing the exact same thing. And they're like, oh, <laughs> delivering another letter. <laughs> Isn't this funny and quirky and weird? It's like, no, this is just bad. This isn't a situation where it's like, well, at least they know. No, you knew it was bad and you still did it. You don't get to just pretend like because you know it was bad that it's okay now. It had a lot of stuff kind of like that. Just as Final ZX Fantasy. Advent fixed that issue for the most part and, and, and changed some interesting things. And I actually had a, a, a good time with CX Advent. So I would say of the games that I played, um, X1, X4, uh, Zero Three, and ZX Advent were the ones that I think I enjoyed my time with most. That's a lot of things I had to say about Mega Man. That's not even everything I had to I say about I Mega Man. I didn't think it was. But I was ready for you to continue, but... Uh... <laughs> it's been about 25 minutes, yeah, I, I think. Yeah, <laughs> I figured it's been a while, which is um, why you probably So do stopped. you guys... Do you guys have anything that you would like to say about video games? John, uh, do you want to go ahead? <laughs> um, what have I played recently? Um, I played a I little bit. I on something else. <laughs> okay. I played about an hour, the first hour of Fire Emblem Three Houses. I liked it. 
but I was also caught off guard by some of the controls because um, I also played a little bit of the uh, first Fire Emblem game that was released on Switch, which I found very fun, but I didn't beat it yet. But um, mm-hmm. So I jumped into three houses and I was like, okay, and I had to get up to do something so they, they were in the middle of talking i was like all right and i just hit the uh, plus button to pause it i didn't know hitting the plus button doesn't pause it just skips the entire cutscene. Oh. so i was like oh and i just re- i just missed the entire <laughs> the entire story like backstory for everything <laughs> so yeah i didn't make that mistake again and then um yeah i walked around talked to the characters kind of like some and then and then i also spent half the time on the internet looking at a beginner's guide I just mean like what what should I do to get the best story out of the game and none of them were giving me the any ideas they were just talking about RPG stats I was like okay I don't care about stats I'll figure that out as I go along I just want the best story on my first time because mm-hmm. I don't want to pick the worst the worst path but uh yeah I'm going to sorry to bring it back to Mega Man Oh no <laughs> How Advent, dare you There's I thought there's we were two past characters. this that you can play as, and they have slightly different stories, and I looked up, like, okay, which one of these characters, because in ZX, they're, like, the same. One is boy and one is girl, but it's, like, basically the same. But in ZX Advent, they're, like, two different characters. And it was funny that, like, okay, boy character is very clearly, this is the opinion of other people, and I I, I would imagine I agree with it. Boy character is clearly what the story was written around, his arc, but girl character is just better and more interesting to listen to, mm. and her story is more interesting than boy character, so you should probably just play girl character. <laughs> Which I just thought was interesting that the character that they wanted to make the sort of canon main character had the worst story yeah. by accident. Yeah, and that and just made me think. Honestly, of that. that's kind of what I want to. What that's kind of what I want to avoid because I don't want to crappy impression on on this game on this series i've been really wanting to get into i was like so i was just i just went and scoured fan forms and be like all right what's everyone's favorite story favorite story path that they go through to go to so i think i think they all suggested the uh the the uh blue house for the uh for their first run and then the yellow house for the sec for the second run for the both because both are the better stories so mm-hmm. i will probably pick blue house on no when i continue playing it is one of those i think it falls in a similar category of like games where it's like here's the first thing you do pick the difficulty and you haven't even like played the video game yet mm-hmm. and it's asking you to pick like easy medium or hard and you're like well i don't know i haven't <laughs> played the video game yet yeah there was like <laughs> i have no context for this decision yeah no that I, that was the first time actually i actually picked the difficulty setting in a game where i was like i have no clue if i want to play this on normal or hard because i because i don't play strategy games that much like i played rpgs mm-hmm. i played hard rpgs i played a like hard like uh adventure games on hard all the time but this is a totally different kind of game i don't know half the crap i'm doing and yeah i played a little mm-hmm. bit of the first game to get a sense of how the combat system works but even then it's like do i want to be do i want to play a game of chess against a hard ai no not really because <laughs> i know i'm gonna get my butt kicked and i'm gonna have no idea why and, and that's why i like that we have sort of somewhat <laughs> there's still ground to cover but like moved more into adaptive difficulty whether that adaptive difficulty is passive or active on the player's part um was it resident evil 4 that had the secret difficulty slider 
think you have experience um, with Resident Evil, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, no. Resident Evil is one of my favorite series. I don't think it's 4. Yeah, no, because 4 just has uh, normal and profe- uh, hard and then professional mode. Okay, because there's one Resident Evil game I thought where, like, if you die a, cu- a lot, of, there's, like, a thing that t- keeps track of your skill. And, like, if you die, like, certain enemies won't spawn in the next thing. And it's... And people knew about it because they used it for speed runs. Like, they would do take damage or die intentionally because it would make a later section go by more quickly because the difficulty would adjust. Interesting. I've but actually never heard about that. I think it was a Resident Evil. There's definitely a game that does that. I yeah. thought it was Resident Evil. There are other games that do it more overtly, right? Like with, like, Kid Icarus Uprising or Smash Brothers, Sakurai's Pot thing right mm-hmm. where the you you pick a difficulty level and like part of it is like it's asking you to challenge yourself you get more stuff if you play the game harder mm-hmm. but at the same time the game will make itself easier if you start losing and it will make suggestions based on it and it leaves that I, I think i like that better because a i don't think that the the, the first one that i described with maybe resident evil only really works if the people playing the video game don't know about it because then it feels kind of like, well, you're making the game. I don't want you to, what if I don't want you to make the game easier for me? Yeah. So like having it be overt and also giving your player agency in it, I think is important. I thought, again, I thought a lot about this while playing all the different Mega Man games of like the feedback loop that's put like in Mega Man seven, they introduced the shop. And I think that's actually really important for the series going forward because you collect screws in the levels, and then you might die in a level. But you'll go back to the shop, and you can buy items that make it easier. But if you're playing the game well, you won't get as many screws, and you don't have as much option in the shop. So the better you're playing the game, the less resources you have to help you, and the harder the game gets. The worse you're playing the game, the more resources you get, the more you can spend on the shop, the easier the game gets. Interesting. Setting up your game to have that built-in feedback loop while also giving the player agency over its decisions, because you can choose not to buy anything in the shop if you don't want to engage with that. But the option is there, and it's put in the player's hands, but also balanced around how well they're doing at the video game. I don't know how you would do this for a story decision, (laughs) beyond just making it very clear what kinds of characters you like and which of those characters will be in the story. I think the way Fire Emblem tries to do that, to my understanding... And you can confirm or deny this, John, mm-hmm. is they try to show you the types of characters that will be involved in each story. Yeah. And then you're supposed to pick the house with the characters that have that has the most characters that you like. Yeah. And it. it's also recommended that you um go to other houses and recruit and recruit some of the those other students besides the house leaders to join your mm-hmm. house instead. So I was, yeah, I was basically just walking around and going like, I like you. I like you. I like you. Ooh, you have some cool, cool skills. I'll probably take you, take you. <laughs> and so, so on and so forth. But yeah, I'm looking at this uh, Resident Evil 4 difficulty and holy crap, you're right. Uh, I didn't know. But it's secret. Yeah, no, I didn't know about this secret. because I was also stuck in the same room, um, like on professional mode like, trying to get through a horde of enemies. Um, you're, like, going down, like, three separate paths, and you have to, like, really manage how how, how you... <laughs> you have to, like, John Wick plan your way through that, every single one of them and whatnot. But it's like, I was stuck in that room for a good, like, two hours straight. I just kept dying and dying and dying, and it didn't, it didn't get any easier as it was going. Like, I didn't get any certain amount of weapons. I didn't get 
and whatnot, I had to actually load an earlier save and be like, okay, I'm going to sell this and get this, get the uh, explosive, these explosive mines for a set for a second. And then it took, still took me another half hour to beat, to get through the room. But yeah, no, that's, in, that's interesting. Uh, I would never have noticed this. I think I know. I remember thinking like, um, the Resident Evil 2 remake does this. When you're like low on ammo and you're about to get to a boss, it's like no matter what, how much ammo you have left, you'll always just have enough to beat them. Hmm, that's interesting. Like it just it just takes however much ammo you have to beat the boss, basically. Uh, yeah, but it all um, but if you still don't have enough, like if you if you have like less than a certain limit, then you'll always find like I think some will like spawn in the back of the room or something like that where a barrel mm-hmm. used to be or something like that. Yeah, I think that's definitely an approach that games have been taking more frequent. Like, not softlock isn't quite the right word because softlock sort of implies that you're stuck in a certain way. But like putting the player in a situation where they just have to decide to lose or restart because they can't do anything, not because they've not because like oh you ran out of health, it's you ran out of ammo. And you could keep dodging this boss's attacks indefinitely, but you have to let yourself die so that you can try again. Mm-hmm. Become really attuned to that after playing a lot of Mario Maker and Mario Maker 2, where the level developers definitely are not trying to avoid such things. And you get you really feel like, wow, this stinks. I'm glad that in regular Mario games, they never let the levels do this to you. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, so. Anna. Hi. Anna, do you have opinions about video games? I do. All right, so... What is your opinion? On January 27th, yesterday, The Sims 4 came out with a paranormal pack, which... Okay. ...was $10, which means it's one of the the smaller packs. It comes with... It's also not Halloween. I honestly don't understand what their ideas are, or, like, when they're doing things. It doesn't matter... (laughs) It's spooky time at all times <laughs> when you believe. It is based around a lot of just ghosts, just ghosts and spirits and stuff. They have a new lot type, which is like a haunted house. Um, so you can go into the settings of your, or like when you go into the build slash buy mode, you can change the settings of your house and make it a haunted house lot. This means that uh, spooky things will happen, uh, like spirits, lights will flicker, stuff will appear on your floor that you have to mop up, gross weeds will be in your garden that you have to destroy. The walls will ooze uh, green slime. <laughs> <laughs> the lights will start <laughs> Um, <laughs> I don't remember much of that, but thank you. Uh <laughs> But uh, there are also, like, creepy dolls that show up that you have to just smash, get rid of. Uh, Otherwise, they make your Sims scared, which isn't great. Um, There's also a new career path for the freelancer career, which is Paranormal Investigator, which you can only get if you reach level 5 of the medium ship skill, which is important to have if you live in a haunted house because it keeps track of all of your ghost stuff and makes sure that you don't get super duper haunted by bad ghosts. 
Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When you use the lot type that they give you, or like the lot that they've built for you, it has a, there's a new item that's like a hand that you can turn on and off. And if you, t- if you leave it on, uh, a ghost man will pop out and be like, hey, what's up? I died here. <laughs> and it's like, ah, all right. And then he teaches you how to be a, he, he kind of just goes over stuff. Like you can ask him questions about how to make things less spooky, how to use like what, like what to do. Like you have to buy a seance table and everything. Um, mm-hmm, also, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, he's, he's a real flirt, which is a problem because. Is this the opinion part? Because there have been a lot of this facts, and I'm ready for part. the opinions. Okay. <laughs> this is the opinion part. He's a huge flirt, and um, mm-hmm. not a fan of that, because my sim had uh, her partner move in, and he got real mad at her, because the ghost man kept flirting with her. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, wow. so that was weird. So y- you do have the option of asking him to stop appearing every night, though. Can you stop? <laughs> ghost person <laughs> please leave it's funny it's like how to make the house less spooky i mean i could i could just go like <laughs> is that are you trying to tell me to is this your weird roundabout way of telling me to leave <laughs> i'm like 90 percent of the spook that's happening here <laughs> no but um like daily or every other day i guess you can do a ceremony that kind of calms everything down like if you do get spirits they're friendly and stuff uh, you can ask them to, you can't ask them to leave, actually. You can try to communicate with them. You could also offer your soul to them. I haven't tried that yet. Um, Seems like a bad move. Yeah, you can also give them something homemade and they'll leave. Like, if you make them food or, like, knit them something. or <laughs> They're like, ooh, 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 I don't want, I don't want more of these things. I don't want more of these things. We gotta bounce. Please tell me if you offer your soul to them, you can become Ghost Rider. I don't think so. <laughs> I was like, nope, no one, just me. I have joined the uh, um, paranormal investigator career, Ooh. and it's fine. It's literally just walk around, smash stuff, talk to ghosts. It's somewhat similar to The Sims 3 paranormal <laughs> investigator stuff. It's sims 3 is much more ghostbusters like where you suck them up Mm. Uh, this is a lot more seancey a a lot of the aesthetic of this pack is 70s which i guess is fine that's when some spooky that's when ghosts happened happened. historically speaking that's when the exorcist came out right (laughs) yeah yeah that was yeah scooby-doo hey john that was the 70s or something right john i need you to go down uh, a list and tell me every scary movie that came out in the 1970s because I'm pretty sure you know them all by heart. Oh, yeah. Obviously. Uh, hang, hang on. <laughs> Let me get the internet up. <laughs> Let me just pull up my memory. Horror movies of Wikipedia. the 1970s. But no, it, it's, very, it's very aesthetically 70s, which is fine. I'm not. I'm not a fan. I'm not not Ooh. not a fan. Oh, so many great it's ones. Fine. Yeah, that's probably why it's all uh, 70s. So, food, but um. Uh, Big ones. Uh, Halloween, my favorite horror movie ever. Uh, oh, yeah, they did come out in some uh, the And arguably the best horror movie ever, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, Fun fact. Um, is that one very ghost? No. No, it's just... <laughs> uh, okay. Ghost movie was... I've em- never seen it. Ghost movie was Emmyville Horror. 
and The Exorcist, and a house in in Japan, a, ve- a very surreal ghost horror movie, but it's very good. Eraserhead also the came out. The prequel to Monster House. No, God, of course. <laughs> Do you have any idea how many movies are are just called House? <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, Suspiria, fantastic, fantastic horror movie. Uh, Wicker Man, Hills Have Eyes, Salem's Lot, The Omen. Oh Jesus. <laughs> uh jaws young frankenstein do you count king kong that's that's listed on sure. here for some reason uh that's a horror movie <laughs> sure why not uh alien Ooh, i'm king kong <laughs> if we're including if we're including young frankenstein then yes <laughs> i'm king going kong to knows. haunt you alien Carrie. i'm king kong <laughs> uh Ooh, if you haven't seen... I want that to be the new King Kong versus. Uh... <laughs> I am the ghost of King Kong. Uh, Isn't this for... spooky? <laughs> I don't fit in your house, much less your attic. Everyone knows I exist because I'm a giant ghost. It's kind of hard to be subtle about the whole thing. Uh... King Kong Ghost is my new favorite. It's the King Kong yeah. remake, by the way, obviously, because the original King Kong came <laughs> yeah. out in the 30s. No, yeah, it's the, no, the 1930s one that came out in the 1970s. <laughs> uh, Alien, Carrie, Island of Dr. Moreau. Oh, my God. So many great Jesus, movies. Yeah. Jesus. Uh, the Nosferatu remake. Hey. Uh, Phantasm. Oh, that's a, great, that's a great movie. Uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers remake. Rocky Horror Picture Show. Last House on the Left. I am just deep into this right now. Uh, so yeah the 1970s (laughs) the 1970s theme is very uh deserved anyway um but it's it's fine so is this like a challenge mode is the idea like it sounds like it's like kind of harder or like at at the very least you have a lot less freedom of how you can run your house it can be pretty annoying once you try to be like hey i want to start a family because then it's just like you're always awake and terrified. If you wanted um, to start a family, maybe you shouldn't have bought a ghost house. Yeah, <laughs> maybe you shouldn't have ghost. made that conscious decision to do that. Most of the thing is, is that if you want to, if you want to be a paranormal investigator, you have to have the ghost a, man. A ghost like, house. Oh yeah, you can be a you can be a ghost hunter now or whatever. And you have to get up to level five of the medium. That shit. seems like a Still. weird requirement that yeah. in order but... to hunt ghosts, you have to be approved by a ghost. Yeah, right? <laughs> yep, you can hunt me. Why would a ghost say that? <laughs> but yeah, it's kind of a challenge mode until you get to there, then you can probably move out of the house, move to a different house, and just keep doing the career, which is what I have done. Mm-hmm. Um I overall like the pack. I think it's fun. It's like nice to have like challenges in The Sims, especially if you're prone to getting bored or if you're not someone who can sit still for very long, like myself uh, with The Sims, unless or you're you've actively the... what? I just or if you've played the game for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. Yes. And minutes. Um, and minutes. I've actually had the game open for so long while I'm working, so on Discord it'll say I've been playing for like hours, but but I've only had it in the background because I've been working and forgot. <laughs> but um, yeah, unless I'm like doing something like building a family or building a uh, 
sick house, but it I like it. I wish that it would have been in a bigger pack with more Supernatural stuff since Supernatural was one of my favorite Sims 3 packs and it very much feels like they're squeezing so much stuff out while I guess uh news I guess I keep saying that Sims 5 is in development so I don't know what the whole news on that is maybe I'll find out eventually but um yeah those are all my opinions on the Sims it is now time to talk about Hades I hey. love it so much it is so good it looks nice the music's good i love playing it and i don't usually like roguelikes so oh i love it so much it's fully voice acted amazing that is one way to rope me in is if it's good voice acting which it is uh the music again so good i love all the characters um my goth moody boyfriend than uh love him I love everyone so much. It's so good. And you can pet one of Cerberus's heads. Oh, it's a dream. <laughs> Ken, I bet the Ken you pet the dog Twitter is uh, ha very happy about that one. Uh, but I, I really love the game. It's very good so far. Uh, I have gotten potential spoilers for anyone who has not reached this part of the game. I have gone through the first level. God, I can't remember the name. Second, the first level is pretty easy after you've played it a bunch of times. The boss of the level is one of three Furies, uh, Megara. God, I can't remember the other two's names. One of three Furies. It'll be one of them every time. Um, you face Megara the most often, and then after you kind of, like, I think once you get to the surface, it starts changing, or maybe even, like, you get to the third level. Um third or fourth level it starts changing to one of her two sisters uh second level is called asphodel and it is so bad for me who uses dash so much i keep walking into fire and it's bad for you <laughs> <laughs> um, isn't your home like made of fire <laughs> but it's too much fire <laughs> <laughs> it's too much fire um and that's where the Medusas are, and I hate the Medusas so much, which is very sad because there's a there's an employee in the house called Dusa who's Medusa, who she's just a Medusa head, and I love her so much. She's like the sweetest, um, but all of the rest of them are just the worst, and they can freeze you. And it sucks. And then uh, the boss of that level is a Hydra, who after a while is not my least favorite anymore because it's i stopped dying to it as often so oh, Hydra. it's fine it's fine i don't hate it as much <laughs> uh and then the third level is elysium which uh is just a bunch of heroes and i, I hate that level so much because um there are chariots there are small chariots that blow up. There are guys with spears and bows and shields, and I hate them so much because when they die, they have a chance to regenerate if you don't get to them quick enough and kill their little ghost orb things. And also there are these butterfly balls. I'm trying very hard not to swear on this <laughs> podcast, Joe. I'm trying so hard. I hate them so much. Oh. They're just like these pink balls that let out butterflies and it's just like the most harmless thing you could think of and they hurt you and it sucks. Ugh. And then the boss of that level is 
a some jerk who keeps talking and will not shut up. He is like the jockiest jock to ever jock and it makes me want to just beat him up in real life. And then there's this giant, and then there's a bull. So it's Theseus and Asterius are like their names. And Asterius is fine. He's just a big, strong guy who's a minotaur. Um, he's fine. I like him. Theseus is a butt. I hate him so much. But after you beat the two of them... Also, Theseus has the power to call gods, which is, that's the entire... I haven't mentioned that part. That's a big part of the game. Is like, is like getting boons from your god relatives who are just like, oh yeah, you'll be up here eventually. Most of them are just like, yeah, we can't wait for you to get up here on Olympus, except for Ares. Ares is just like, I love murder. <laughs> of course he is. <laughs> like, that's his entire thing. He's just like, I love killing so much. It's like, all right, cool. Thanks for the boon. Bye. <laughs> um, and each, uh, each of the three first three levels, there's a character who will give you something if you happen upon the chamber that they're in. Uh, first level, it's the guy who will give you either just like some items or health. Second level, it's some cool like boon, like boon boosting stuff. Third level, there's a guy who can refill every. There's a thing called death defiance that you can, um, where if you die, you get back up to half health. He can restore every single one, so he is my favorite by far. Fourth level, you have to face Cerberus. And by face, I mean you go looking for a snack for Cerberus because there's no way they were going to make you actually fight this dog. No. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, huge spoiler alert, bam, you get up to the surface and guess who's there? It's your dad. It's Hades. Um, and I have not beaten Hades yet, but I have gotten up to him a few times. I've gotten him down to about half health, and I think that's the first, furthest I've gone. But yeah, every time you die, you end up back at uh, home, and you go up, and your dad's just making fun of you from behind his desk. <laughs> He's just like, hmm, nice try, <laughs> basically. And you can kind of just go talk to people in between runs, and it's a very good game. I love it so much. I have a feeling that Hades is going to make it pretty far in the Game Cola 2020 awards. I almost yeah, uh, I, oh. I almost bought it, but then I didn't a couple of weeks. Dude. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Dude, you should. It's so good. I mean, I think I would... what you you played it. I think Jetty's played it. Has Diana played it? I'm not sure if Diana's played it. I felt like someone else, maybe it was James. Yeah, Jetty has because um I asked on Twitter if uh main character Zagreus and uh, Thanatos, the god of uh, death, <laughs> death incarnate, uh, are buds, or in all caps, buds. And Jenny's <laughs> only comment to that was, uh-oh, looks like someone's been playing video games. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> or I'm just very gay. <laughs> Who knows? Um, who knows indeed, indeed forever one of life's greatest mysteries I, you... I i played it for the first time at cams thinking i wouldn't like it and i loved it so mm. yeah. 
This is like the first time Cam's been like, hey, you should play a game. And I'm just like, okay, I'll try it. And I've been like, I really love this game. Um, But yeah, I've been wanting to talk about Hades since like the beginning of the year. So, <laughs> so it's been 28 days and I finally have. At least I've wanted to talk about it on the podcast. Oh, you mean you mean the beginning of twenty twenty one? Yes. Okay, I was gonna yeah, say it's only January. Jim. It's been a whole twenty eight <laughs> days. <laughs> yeah, that is the issue with starting a game right after the Game Cold podcast. You're like, well, I guess I just have to maintain these opinions for that, a month. It, okay, that happens to me way too often. Like it happens constantly, and then I forget, and then I have nothing to talk about. So you know, <laughs> it didn't happen this time. Haha. It didn't. One of the things happen. even came out yesterday. <laughs> it definitely did not happen on this edition of the Game Cold Podcast, which is now coming to a close. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Game Cold Podcast, where Anna did not forget to talk about a video game. John also oh, yeah. talked about video games, and Joseph talked about Mega Man and the Stock Exchange for equal amounts of time <laughs> that were both much longer than anyone would have expected or wanted. <laughs> Stocks versus Mega Man. Man. Who will win? Second podcast like... of the year, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> it if can only like... go up from here. <laughs> what you heard on this podcast, be sure to check us out on our actual internet website, GameCola.net, and our YouTube channel, GC.net, the letter G, the letter C, the word dot, the word net. Uh, if you're listening to this, that means that the most recent episode of Hacks and Slash, the premiere of season three, is already out, and Ooh, you can what? watch or listen to it if you have not already. That's a real exciting time. It's a very good really, one. It's very good. I've resisted the temptation to listen to it ahead of time because we we will have already done this, and we'll maybe do it again if it, if it's popular. But pr- premiering the episode live. If I'm going to be at the premiere for those two hours, I probably should not have just listened to the podcast right before that. (laughs) Yeah. But I will admit that a lot of the time when we do a hacks and slash and I'm not the one who edits it, I go into the FTP and I just listen to it myself. (laughs) Are you going to dress up for the premiere? Uh, No, because no one will be able to see me. I'm going to dress up. I will only be writing words. You see, that's where you just roll with it and say, yeah, I'm wearing a full out tux. I I rented it for $300. (laughs) Um, I'm gonna wear a dress and do my makeup and everything (laughs) with Animal Crossing makeup, right? Nope, because I can't get it because it's (laughs) sold out. Um, follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Just search Game Call. You'll get updates on things like those sorts of podcasts that we're doing. You can find podcasts that we do on iTunes, Spotify, or pretty much wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, be sure to check out the Discord. You can find it on the Game Call article link. Or in our Twitter bio, you can give suggestions on what we should talk about on the podcast. You can be a part of the discussion that preempts the podcast. Like a lot of the discussion we did on the whole uh, GameStop stock thing, that was a big thing on the Discord. And just, you know, funny jokes and fun times and all of that on the Discord. It's a pretty cool place. Uh, I think that's it, unless I've forgotten anything. Stay inside. By your silence, I am guessing that Wear that means mask. that it's the end of the podcast, aside from Anna's quick PSA right there at the end. Please, Get the vaccine if you can and are able. Do it. Um, Do it. Yeah. That is end of podcast. Have a wonderful time of day, wherever it is, whenever it is you are listening to this podcast. And we will talk to you a little bit later in the next month. Goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
my favorite episode of Game Cold Podcast was when Joseph talked about Mega Man for a long time. <laughs>